The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. It's like, you guys don't have to do this. And I understand, like, this is a serious podcast for you guys. And, like, you still have to do the work. Like, yes, you're going and you're talking to people and you're letting all of this out. You're just basically letting go, which is going to set you free, 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 free. Persist, pursue. I'm in your corner and I appreciate you. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. And be true and trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, just trust yourself. And I trust you. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Man, what's good with you? What's good? Episode two. Ooh. Ooh. What's good with y'all, man? I'm, I'm, let's check in. Let's get right into it. Let's check in? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Where you at? Where am I at? Uh, to be honest, right before um, I said let's go, before we hit that record button, um, like I mentioned to you, I'm like, I'm not in the best headspace. But as soon as I hit the record button, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Episode two. Let's go. So right now in this moment, I'm feeling good. I'm actually staring at the clouds as we speak. So that's a beautiful thing to see. Um, I'm feeling good. How about you? I love it. I, I wish I could see the view. I miss Chicago. Hopefully I'll slide through. I'm feeling good, man. Excuse the nasally, you know what I mean? Like right now, just being around a lot more little little young ones, little youth, and you know the youth carry the germs, but I'm not mm. mad at them. Uh, but I feel good, like like y'all, man. I'm one of them now, but I gotta look. I gotta look down on it. Like like we ne- we ever lose mucus. We like always Ugh. have this, but like little snotty nose is what we call kids. Even though me, I got it all, but I feel good because I don't feel bad. I just sound bad, and that's okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the uh, sound effects, too, with the uh, mm-hmm. mucus. Uh, yeah. All right, that's good. Also, when I mentioned clouds, it's a clear sky, but there's some clouds in there. So, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful view. All right, so just like we did in uh, episode one, our moment of gratitude, gratitude, our moment to give it up. What are you giving it up to today, Raina, at this moment? Giving it up today, today, I would say uh, I'm giving it up first and foremost I'm very, very happy and proud of Ava. She got a great report from her kindergarten teacher, her first full week of school. That's not bad. Yes, nothing but smiles. Her teacher says she's doing great, making all kinds of friends. You know, so I'm so happy about that. Got to give it up for that. And then, for you know what I mean, like something a little little more personal, man. Like, my, my as I mentioned in episode one, you know, when we're talking growth and all that, uh, my little man is cooking, is still cooking up, and I'm just, I have so much gratitude to, for, for you know, my beautiful lady uh, holding it down, making sure he's in there, like, fitting just right, becoming just right, you know what I'm saying? Little, little, little Mario, that ain't gonna be his name, but yeah, I'm really just grateful for, for, for those moments, man, because what else, what else I got, hey, what else That's I got? dope. You already know I'm cheesing over here. Cheesing. Yes. Yes. I'm, man, Ava, do that. We already knew what she could do. Yes, I'm, I'm thankful that you're thankful for all those things and that I can even, you know, acknowledge or have the awareness of what that is like for you. So I'm thankful for that. Um, right off, uh, what I'm giving it up for is this glass of water. 
that I have Ooh. to the left of me. And let me tell you why. It's because I haven't been drinking water nearly as much as I need to. Um, my partner, like, tries to force it upon me, um, which is not, like, a thing that they should have to do. But it's being done. I'm sipping it right now. I'm thankful for this glass of water. I'm also thankful for this quote that is on this desk right now that I refer to often ever since the first time it was shared with me. The quote, you're never ready for what you have to do. You just do it, and that makes you ready. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm actually, yo, for sharing that, let me add one more. Give it up for that quote. Give it up for that quote. You'll see more of that because that's one of them. We're going to lock that in. We're going to lock that in, eh? Yes, we need to because this is something that really gets me um, out of that sense of fear that I have um, when be, when starting something new, when it, it, it's um, – yeah, just it, it, when it's new, when I anything new, I sometimes associate with a challenge. And it's like, in yep. reality, you can't be ready for it. You can't be ready for anything. You just go through it. You just go for it. You go, you know, you you confront it. You approach it. And that is what makes you ready. I love that. Everything we step to, we're ready for at that moment. I love it. Um, So, hey, real quick, right before we uh we, we take a break, um. What we what we what we got coming back coming back off break? What's today looking like? What today is looking like? We have an amazing an amazing guest, the executive director for an organization called NAMI, and I am very excited to have him on the show to share his story, to share his involvement with mental health, and I hope that you guys now I know that you guys will enjoy the story as well. Awesome. We'll be right back. Hello everyone, my name is Brandon A. Denson, co-founder of the Brandon A. Denson Foundation, and I've been living with type 1 diabetes for over 15 years. The Brandon A. Denson Foundation is dedicated to serving families and individuals living with diabetes while supporting them with resources, education, awareness, advocacy, fitness, and mental and emotional support to provide a healthy living lifestyle. For more information, please visit TackleDiabetes.org. That's TackleDiabetes.org. Thank you. Welcome back, y'all. Thanks for hanging in tight. Up next, we have our first expert, Kevin Fisher, who is the executive director of NAMI. What is NAMI? Some of you guys are saying it's N-A-M-I. NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Mario, what's your experience in with NAMI. So I first got connected with NAMI through a good friend of mine um, who I do business with. And uh, when he connected me with Kevin, that was the first time I uh, I was introduced to NAMI intimately. And they're doing great work, man. The National Alliance of Mental Illness. Um, we're excited to have the executive director joining us right now. Amazing. What an opportunity for us. What an opportunity for Kevin to be able to share his story on a platform that acknowledges and that is trying to increase the awareness of um, mental illness struggles that families have. And then also to, to bridge that gap between, you know, being aware and then that accessibility to resources. So very excited to hear from Kevin. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right, Kevin, again, just welcome. Um, to our show, thank you for the opportunity to, to have a discussion with you. Um, and I just want to, you know, go right into it and, and ask you, um, at what point did you start to prioritize uh, mental health? And, and more specifically, if you could tell, you know, me and the audience about your kind of adolescent years, was mental health something that was talked about in the house or um, 
at what point did you acknowledge that this is something that I want to work on or be involved with? You know, it's really interesting because mental health really was not talked about in my house as I grew up, though I always knew that I was fascinated with people um, and wanted to take care of people. Um, So that's always been a part of my goal in life, though my professional life, I didn't go down that road. I was actually a salesperson. Uh, I had a minor in psychology when I went to college, but I really got involved in mental health, unfortunately, like many um, people, when it affected me directly. My oldest son, Dominique, was diagnosed bipolar schizophrenic in late 2007, and it came as a complete surprise to my family and I because up to that point in his life, he had shown no symptoms of mental illness. Um, very well-rounded young man, good student, good social skills, athletic, um, just really a great kid. And he came home from uh, college Thanksgiving break 2002. It was his sophomore year. And he was just rambling about talking to God and taking over the world. And he wanted my help. Um, And honestly, his mom and I thought he went off to school, maybe experimented with some drugs had a bad reaction, and so we took him to a local hospital to be drug tested, and it was after a very lengthy exam that the doctors came out and said there's no drugs or alcohol in the system, but we're going to put him on a 72-hour psychiatric hold, and it was like hitting a brick wall at 100 miles an hour. We just didn't see that coming and had never really thought much about mental health care. what his life would look like after that diagnosis, because there's such a stigma attached to mental illness. Most of us don't think about it. And we don't think about what life will be like. Um, Will he require 24-7 care? Will he ever uh, be able to have a job? Will he get married and have kids? Um, You know, we started to wonder what his life would look like going forward. So like Unfortunately, many Americans, we had no idea of what his, what his uh, life would look like after his diagnosis, and we had no idea what his treatment plan would look like. And so we delved into that, and I always tell people it was like being in quicksand. It seemed like the harder we fought, the deeper we sank. Uh, mm-hmm. There was not a lot of continuity to care. Uh, we didn't understand. We didn't really know what bipolar schizophrenia meant. We didn't know how to help him. We didn't realize how exhausting it was to be a caregiver for an adult with a serious mental illness. And so we fought for three years, and it literally led me to leaving my job um, and becoming his full-time caregiver. And I was taking him to therapy four days a week and making sure he took his medication. and again, that's when I, that was my first insight to how mentally and physically exhausting it is to be a caregiver. Um, unfortunately, that ended on June 27th of 2010 when uh, my son's name is Dominique. Uh, Dominique quietly dismissed himself from his mom's kitchen and went in the basement and hung himself. So, uh, so wow. go ahead. Thank you uh, for sharing that. And I'm sorry to hear about that. 
um, I can only imagine. Um, of course, you providing those direct services and that support to your son. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how do you how do you confront that? What happens immediately after that for yourself, for your family? Uh, after the caregiving or after his passing? After the after the diagnosis and after, as well as after his passing. So receiving the diagnosis is really tough. Again, it, I'll continue to come back to the stigma because stigma plays such a critical role. Uh, I personally and NAMI consider stigma the leading barrier that prevents people from seeking the help that they need. And I live that firsthand because close friends and family members had a really hard time hearing that Dominique was diagnosed with a serious mental illness. They didn't want to accept it. Um, it was from our closest family members. There's nothing wrong with that boy. Um, he just needs to focus harder. He needs to pull himself up by his bootstraps. I mean, these are all the kind of common comments you get from people who are just in denial and don't want to accept that mental illness is real. And so it was really tough um, watching him go through not only having to accept the diagnosis himself, but the way people treated him. Um, he, he told me on more than one occasion he hated that people talked about him like he wasn't in the room or that he was any less intelligent than he was. Um, and it was something that really bothered him deeply. And, and as much as losing a child hurts, really hurts seeing your child feel devalued. Um, friends who no longer call anymore. Um, my current wife, Dominique's mom and I had divorced about a year before his diagnosis. So we died, we divorced in 2006 and he was diagnosed in 2007. And my current wife and I were his caregivers. Um, for the last year and a half of uh, his life, we lived together, and, and together we tried to provide care for him. And there were times that we would see Dominique on the phone, and it was almost like watching a telemarketer. He would make call after call desperately seeking his old friends just to spend any time with him. And it was it was really hurtful. Um, and, and so moving forward and losing him, um, came with a level of pain that I just didn't understand, never foresaw, um, and it actually led me down a pretty dark road um, where I came very close to taking my own life. Uh, it was very difficult for me to reconcile not being able to help my child. You know, us men um, were raised to be protectors and providers, and it, even today, I mean, it's been over nine years, and I still have days that I struggle with what I could have done better, sooner, faster. You know, it, it's tough. And uh, I've always considered myself a pretty resilient person. I lost my dad when I was 15. You know, we all go through struggles in life, uh, and I always knew that I would bounce back. But when I lost Dominique, um, I didn't. Not only did I not feel I could bounce back, I didn't want to. 
And and I just I got to a point where the emotional pain was so tough that I couldn't take it. Um, and my wife now discovered NAMI for me because she realized, you know, after going to grief counseling and I joined a group called Compassionate Friends, which is a national organization for parents who've lost children, and we were going to monthly support meetings. And frankly, none of it was really helping me. And my wife did not know that I was experiencing some suicidal thoughts. I did a pretty good job of hiding it from her and our other children. But she did realize that maybe I could help myself by helping others. So Mm. she introduced me to NAMI. Uh, she just Googled it and said, hey, this you know, sounds like an organization. You should, you know, go to a meeting and see if it's a good fit. Um, right away, I realized the people at NAMI, um, because the strength of this organization is really about lived experience, they understood what I was feeling, what I'd been through. And so I joined as a volunteer, really seeking help for myself, never thinking that I'd end up running um, the state organization. So that's that's where I am now. Wow. Wow. What a um, I would say a pivot after pivot after pivot, um, especially uh, in in a space. You know, I'm from Michigan as well, Kevin, and, and understanding, you know, what 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 growing up here in the or in the Midwest looks like, and then the impact that um, seeing and watching your son, you know, excel. Um, in a, in a school like like uh, Catholic Central, which is uh, has has a prestige of its own, and and shifting each point, yeah. shifting each point, and then adding that to a career shift, um, it's it sounds it's something that that it does spell out resiliency. So I do I do appreciate how how uh, articulately you 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 share that because I can see it as you speak it, I can see it, and it's something that that as as listeners, um, especially as as people of color we uh we don't get to hear ourselves say or that we're always or more times than not saying uh from a place of of uh of, of not in, in control so I'm, I'm i'm very excited uh to to hear more about um your your work with nami uh especially uh with nami walks uh, around the corner yeah so you know it's interesting i'm in marquette michigan now because we have a nami walks event here tomorrow morning um, and we actually host three NAMI walks events across Michigan, uh, the one here in Marquette, one in Detroit, and one in Grand Rapids in October. And, you know, NAMI walks for me is a great opportunity for people, uh, for lack of a better term, to come out, whether you're living with a mental health diagnosis yourself or if you're a caregiver and you feel like I did, like you're in this fight alone. NAMI Walks is a great event to come out and get support. We really look at NAMI Walks in a couple of ways. One, it's a celebration. It's a celebration of life of people who are who continue to live and thrive despite their mental health diagnosis. Um, it's an awareness-raising event for the community because so many people are in need. And we can talk about people of color. Uh, We can talk about the number of youth who are impacted by uh, depression and anxiety. Um, These school systems are really just exacerbated with how do they address the mental health concerns of students and the suicide rates 
that are occurring in our junior and senior high schools um, these days. Uh, and so it's, a, it's an opportunity to come together with people who may be experiencing what you are. And the other part of it is it's really a mental health uh, health fair. Almost every large behavioral health provider, public and private, uh, will have a resource table at each of the NAMI walks events in those communities to help people understand what resources are available to them because most of us have no idea of what resources are available. Most of us don't realize that the state of Michigan spends almost $3 billion a year on public behavioral health services. And unless you're a person who has a need for those services, most people don't even know it exists. And so you end up like me um, when Dominique was first diagnosed, I had I didn't know that a Detroit Wayne Mental Health Authority even existed or an Oakland County Community Mental Health. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know what service they provided. I didn't know, and most people don't. Right. It's 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 one thing to deal with it personally. Uh, it's another thing to not know where to go, and it's another thing to to not know that there is somewhere to go. So. That's why we really appreciate uh, having you on on this episode, because not only do we want to share that experience, but NAMI Walks, I'm excited uh, to, to be back uh, in Michigan and take part into, in, 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 in um, this event that I didn't know about. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to also celebrating and gaining more information, knowledge and, and spreading awareness, meeting more people and, and really just getting, getting more understanding of what, uh, effort we can we can make when we when we're together and we're unified uh, moving forward. Um, so I mean, Kevin, I, I really appreciate um, you sharing what we what we can do. Is there anything else um, from from the perspective of NAMI that that needs to be shared that uh, listeners can can use as as resource or the ability to to uh, start to take that first step into coming out? Well. I would just ask that anyone who is either experiencing a mental health issue of their own, has a loved one who might be experiencing a mental health condition, or if you simply just want to know more about what behavioral health resources are available to you, contact your local NAMI. You can find us at NAMI.org. That's the national website, and it'll there's a little box that says, Find the NAMI near you, or you can go to NAMIMI.org, which is NAMI Michigan's website. Um, but let's start to look at mental illness the way we should. Mental illness is not a personal weakness. It's a medical diagnosis. It's a chemical imbalance in the brain. And once we start to understand and treat it like a medical diagnosis rather than like a personal weakness, I think people would seek the help that they need. Um, and, and that's my message to any and everyone. Don't look at it as a personal weakness. Don't feel ashamed. Don't try to do this alone um, because it's like any other illness. The, the longer you ignore it, the more serious it can, it can become. Um, early diagnosis, early treatment leads to better outcomes, just as if you've got a cold or flu, the sooner you deal with it, the, the sooner you feel better. Absolutely. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing that. Um, 
one of the questions I have, one of the last questions I have, um, is there a mantra? Is there a quote that you would, you know, return to throughout these days of, of, of struggle and just being exhausted, essentially? Is there anything you know, that, go ahead. I'm sorry, it's a great question. And, you know, I'll, I'll go back to two hashtags that NAMI uses. One is cure stigma. The other is better together. Um, we have to eliminate the stigma associated with mental illness. It's the only way we can get our arms around this. And the fact is, mental illness is treatable. It's, it's like any other disease. Um, so it is treatable and people shouldn't be afraid to seek treatment. The other part of it, and the one that I'm most fond of is the hashtag better together. We are better as a community together. We are, just as the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child, very, very similar to what's going on in mental illness because people need to know that they won't be looked down upon if they disclose the fact that they have a mental illness. And it's something that John F. Kennedy, and it's maybe a little known history fact, the last piece of major legislation John F. Kennedy signed before his assassination was actually the Community Mental Health Act of 1963. And it was not acted upon until many, many years after his death. But the idea was to not institutionalize people, that people would experience better recovery if they were able to be at home in their communities with their loved ones and have a sense of self-worth. And I wanna see us realize Kennedy's dream because I see it in my work every day. I get to see people who have serious mental illness and just having a job, um, uh, bagging groceries at a local grocery store and earning their own money is so huge for them. Um, knowing that your family still loves you and is patient with you means a lot to people and you never know how much you just calling and checking on somebody or saying, hey, you know, Kevin, I love you, um, really means to somebody. And it can literally save someone's life. Kevin, I, again, I can't thank you enough. Um, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for sharing. And also, like right now, right now, this is what um, season two for us is, is about. It's about letting others know that from A to Z, you know, coming coming together, being better together, it takes a village. We got to talk about these things. We got to destigmatize, and we're working on that. And it takes a, a step at a time. So again, Kevin, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we are honored, uh, Asia. Any, if you have anything else, yeah, I think again, Kevin, I can't thank you enough for joining um, our show and you know providing us with that story. Um, as Mario said that. It was so it was articulated so well that you walked me through, and I can I I saw the visual as you you know were reporting these things. I think I can't agree with you enough that it's about us bridging that gap between awareness and then accessibility um, for individuals and communities. So thank you for the work that you do. I really appreciate it, and I'm looking thank forward you for to, the opportunity. to absolutely anytime. Absolutely, and um. Again, Kevin, keep me keep me aware of, of things going on in Michigan. I just got back. So, you know, the more I can know, the more I can be involved, the more we can continue to attack this head on. So please uh, let me know of, of any and everything I can be involved in. I'll do that. Yeah, let's stay in touch. And if you happen to make it to the boundary walks on the 28th, please uh, 
grab me and, and uh, I'd love to meet you in person. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you both. Thank you. Talk soon. My goodness. What an amazing story. What an amazing way to tell a story to get through the things that Kevin mentioned that he's, you know, got through. I, I, I'm like taking back, as a mental health professional, a lot of times when he was, um, you know, articulating this story, I couldn't help. <laughs> but my, 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 initial, my initial thing to do was, you know, well, how did that make you feel? Were there any cognitive distortions at the time? Um, just unpack those emotions. Were you able to identify that? What was your healing process? Who was there? What was your first thought naturally? Um, Clearly, Kevin has done an amazing job. He's had what sounds like an amazing support system to support him through such things, an amazing support system he has become for individuals and communities um, with his position at NAMI. I am forever thankful for his presence um, on the Talk About It podcast, but more thankful for him being an individual that prioritizes mental health and, and spends his life or spends any time at all increasing the awareness and also attempting to decrease the stigma. Very thankful for that. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. A very thankful for Kevin uh, building this relationship with us and building this relationship with our show and like. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it, vouching for us, vouching for the show, the credibility, because it doesn't get more real than his story. It doesn't get more real than the resources and support that NAMI uh, provides to destigmatize, create um, access. So huge, huge, huge. And I, I look forward to uh, to when we can have Kevin back again, uh, how we can connect uh, with more uh, events with NAMI um, and be sure to check out uh, what NAMI has to offer at www.nami.org. Um, anything before we get out of here, A? Yes, like Kevin mentioned, please put these hashtags under any post, you know, related to mental illness, ment- you know, any struggle that you have is the hashtag that Kevin mentioned. One, hashtag cure stigma. Second one, which was his favorite, hashtag better together so please be sure to use those things and tune in and provide us with your feedback of you know what you'd like to hear more of we appreciate you guys we appreciate you so you can hit us up on instagram at the talk about it podcast on twitter talk about it pod the number one on facebook talk about it uh, mental health um and then we got a sneak peek uh and and soon to come the talkaboutitpodcast.com so we'll see y'all next week i know very very excited all right y'all stay up yeah if you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts suicidal attempts please call the national suicide prevention line at 1-800-273-8235 or call 911 immediately All right, what are we toasting to? Black as fuck. Family in the shy. Family in the shy. Health and happiness. Health and happiness. Mental health and y'all. Y'all. <laughs>